Okay, good evening. It is Wednesday night, uh, December, I'm sorry, <laughs> Wednesday night, July 8th, um, 2020. Uh, and we're going to do this week's commentary. This will be a short one tonight. But what I really wanted to do is kind of summarize where we are. Um, things haven't changed much since last week. If anything, unfortunately, they've gotten just a, a tad bit worse, I'm afraid to, to report. But let, let's look at it. And, I mean, things are going to get better someday. Um, it's just not today or probably tomorrow, but, um, but soon. Um, so here's where we are. Well, you know, unfortunately, as I'm sure everyone is well aware, the coronavirus cases are on the rise. Uh, that doesn't come to, as any surprise to us, and I think probably to many of you as well, if you've been following our commentaries and just thinking about, you know, what, what's going on in the world. Um, I mean, people haven't really been social distancing like they should for the most part. I mean, I know many of you have, and probably some of you haven't. <laughs> I have family members that haven't. So it's, there's, you know, it's, that's just where it's human nature, right? But understanding human nature, again, this doesn't come as any surprise. This past weekend, you know, we said going into the weekend that it was going to be a disaster. Uh, Dr. Fauci said it was going to be a disaster. I mean, anyone that really has been following the situation um, knew that this weekend was, was going to be bad, and, and it was. Um, and you know, down here in Southern California, we have the beaches, although they closed the beaches apparently up north in LA. So of course, everyone came down to where we are in San Diego. And um, I don't think there was a lot of social distancing or people wearing masks. Um, so I'm not making a value statement about that. Again, people are people and we, you know, we understand. And, but our concern, of course, as, uh, is as being investors, mainly, um, and economists, and, uh, and just trying to understand the, the, the world that we're in. So. Uh, coronavirus cases are on the rise. I don't know, know that we even know how much worse it got this weekend, but it undoubtedly will have gotten a lot worse. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's the bad news, um, uh, part of the bad news. Uh, but the good news on the coronavirus front is I was just reading today uh, an interview in the Washington Post with um, uh, Dr. Fauci and several other, four other um, experts on the, uh, uh, the pandemic situation here. Um, I paid the most attention to, uh, to Fauci, although the others had good things to say. And they were all pretty much in agreement, by the way. I would say 90% in agreement. And, the, and the dis there weren't really any disagreements. They were just you know, nuances, variations of, of, of everyone really thinking the same thing. And the bottom line, folks, is you know, wear the mask, social distance, and you can almost do anything else. I mean... That's, you know, that's what, what they've been saying since this pandemic came about is wear your mask and social distance and, you know, stay away from big crowds, which means that you're social distancing. But people um, just... Professor. Yes. Sorry to interrupt. From, from your research and your opinion, um, what do you view the objective is of social, of social distancing and shutdowns and things like that? So the two philosophies would be one, we're trying to minimize and have no deaths and wait for a vaccine, uh, the more negative view would be that we're trying to slow down the spread of rate because without a vaccine, herd immunity naturally acquired uh, would be the only other way to, to get this to kind of go down. So yeah. do you believe that we're supposed to try to not have any deaths, any infections, or just slow the spread of infections so the hospitals can remain operally staffed to treat people that have the most severe complications? Yeah, and, and I think, I think the, the answer to both is, is true. Okay. So um, I, in an ideal situation, you would have no deaths, but you know, everyone is pragmatic. I mean, we as investors need to be, and certainly the, um, you know, the health officials, health authorities, um, 
health, let's call them health experts. Um, you know, the, the, from their standpoint, and you know, Fauci, I mean, being kind of the, the main guy in this country and, and actually in the world too, that's, that's kind of helping set policies and so forth. Really what they're looking at is just slowing the situation down. I mean, they know that people are gonna be people and not do what they're supposed to do. And they know that um, we're, we're gonna have cases. Um, so like I said, in, in an ideal situation, you wouldn't have any, but that's just not realistic. Um, and and there, there's also the countervailing influence that, um, and, and Fauci is aware of this too, and he's even said it, you know, he recognizes that the toll that all this has taken on the economy is, is a real problem, okay? So he's not blind to that. He's not just saying, oh, well, you don't have to worry about coronavirus uh, you know, deaths and so forth. He's, he's not. He's saying, I, I, I appreciate the fact that, that what this is doing to the economy. And yes, we need to, to, to be you know, sensitive to that and try and figure out solutions that work in both arenas, both the health arena and the uh, economic arena. But yeah, I think, I think, so in an ideal situation, they'd like to eliminate this completely. That's probably not going to happen until we get a, a vaccine. Um, and even then, most of the vaccines I'm just reading today uh, aren't 100% effective, so you can still have cases and deaths and everything. But really, it's to kind of slow things down uh, until there is a vaccine where we can really kind of, kind of, uh, you know, lick this in a big way. And then, how so, much of the vaccine stuff have you looked into? So, the most foremost distinguishment in this is that the, the, the most prominent vaccines that are being offered right now are what's called mRNA, and that's a new style development. It's a bit complicated, technical. Um, but most viruses are DNA based and that's, the, that's been, you know, whether they're active or weakened or, or dead versions, uh, MRNA has yet to be ever be FDA approved for any vaccine or approved anywhere else in, in any developed country. Um, and now it's kind of being made under pressure. So some of the stages are being kind of rushed through or skipped. Uh, you know, how do you view the risk for the average person who's able to keep himself away from vulnerable people acquiring this naturally? versus taking technology that, you know, I don't have a problem with vaccines in of themselves, but anything made somewhat hastily and of markedly new and uh, innovative uh, delivery with mRNA and using your body to create the response um, is a discussion I haven't heard anyone talk about. Have you looked into that at all or? I, I've not looked into it, but that is a concern. That's, I, I've read that that's a concern. Um, and, you know, this will be the fastest I think we've ever gotten vaccine out. Um, and by the way, I don't know if I said it uh, earlier, but uh, Fauci actually said that that we could, and a couple of the people said, you know, that 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 are the that are the scientists that are familiar with these technologies you're talking about. They're saying that we quite likely could have a vaccine by the end of this year or first part of 2021. And so, but yeah, the a big concern is that um, that we are rushing through it. Um, and and a big problem, by the way, from what I've been reading, is <laughs> is getting. Um, healthy volunteers that want to uh, volunteer to do the, uh, the clinical trials because um, they, they need, from what I was reading today, they need about 30,000 people, healthy people, to expose themselves to the virus, you know, take the vaccine. Well, I mean, I'm not going to volunteer. <laughs> and I'm not sure how many people are. Well, um, so yeah, let's say we get, we get through that phase and we have a vaccine that seems to be uh, short-term uh, safe for, is what we know now. I mean, results always come out later with regards to complications. There's immediate complications that will arise in clinical trials, but sometimes the full effects may not be known until much later, whether good or bad, right? So with RNA vaccines, could these things be epigenetic, meaning that you could pass down acquired immunity to children. That could be a good thing, but if you're passing down the right things. What would you say if people are oppositional against getting a vaccine for whatever their reasons, this wouldn't be effective, right? 
you have to acquire at least 70 plus percent of immunity, whether it's acquired through naturally getting it or through a vaccination. If people do not want to get a vaccination, this wouldn't necessarily be effective. So you'd have a discussion now with the government to have the place to force people to get a vaccination. That's a much, much bigger conversation with many precedents being set it, of course. So have you, heard, have you read much on that? What happens if people don't want to take the vaccine? It won't have its effect no matter how good the vaccine may be. Yeah, I haven't actually read anything in that regard. I just know that they're having trouble finding 30,000 volunteers um, to, to test this. But, but the, the vaccines are in clinical trials. Um, and, and again, from the, the people, the, the health experts that are really monitoring this, they're, including and especially Fauci, you know, his best understanding, his best from looking at the, the actual scientific literature and so forth, is that we'll have something by, uh, in, in his best estimation, we'll have something by the end of the year. Or but the, the leading horse, kind of the water kind of thing, if, if it, no matter how great it is or how ready it is, if people don't take it, it won't have its intended effect. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. There's, a, there's so many unknowns. And let me just, just jump further a little bit in this, uh, uh, in this commentary, and then we can come back and discuss some of these other nuances if you'd like. Um, because that, that does segue into the next, uh, uh, next issue here is there's so many unknowns right now. Uh, when we, well, you know, will we actually have a vaccine that people will take uh, at the end of the year and, or at the beginning of, of next year? But now segueing into the economy, um, you know, what's, what's going on there? Well, um, we do know that there has been a lot of irreparable damage in the economy. Um, the Federal Reserve estimated not too long ago that it could take as much as a, dec a decade for the economy to kind of fully recover back to the position it was in before we, uh, we started this. We were in a very, very healthy economy back, you know, prior to March, the beginning of the part of this year. And, um, you know, in just a very, very short period of time, what, about three or four months, um, we, I mean, we just, we've done a, a huge amount of damage on a permanent basis uh, to the economy. It's going to take a long time to, uh, to repair. And so, you know, what's going to happen between, let's, let's take the best case scenario that we do have a vaccine that people will take and that we will get the, the coronavirus under control. Well, what's happening now, as we're all seeing, is that states and counties all across the country and actually around the globe um, things are shutting down again. You know, we said that was going to happen back in uh, March and April um, in our commentaries. Um, we said, you know, if, if, we, if people don't really start adhering to this, these protocols that are being put into place, um, the virus is going to come back again. Uh, that was the big fear. Um, and that wasn't just mine. That was Fauci and, and uh, uh, Fed Chairman Powell as well and many, many others, of course. You mean um, come back like in, in numbers that would be unmanageable, right? Because I don't think anyone's trying to say it's not going to come back. We could stay at home for three months. It's still going to surface somewhere in the globe and someone will bring it back in and it would happen again. So, yeah, yeah, numbers that are, that are unmanageable. Okay. And, yeah, and that's essentially what's happening. So anyway, between now, what, middle of July, say, and end of the year, beginning of, of next year, you know, our, our things are shutting down again. And so – is that going to, you know, how well it's going to, how much more damage does that cause to the economy? That's kind of a, kind of a, a big question that you have to, uh, to, to ponder. And then when things do start returning to normal, um, and I don't think there's any question that, that pretty soon we're going to have a vaccine and people will take it and things will return to normal, may take, but again, how, how long? We don't really know. Um, and we don't know how much worse the economy can get with having to reshut down again. I mean, having to reshut down in my opinion, it would have been better just to stay shut down a little bit longer 
and let this kind of get more under control than to open back up, get people's expectations up, and now having to shut down again. And in an environment where people really don't want to be shut down, okay, um, and people are resisting it. Um, my wife is just telling me about, I think this was in Los Angeles, she was hearing about today, a, uh, a drive-through takeout food place. And, um, you know, the people weren't wearing masks and, you know, they weren't, they just weren't adhering to, to you know, cleanly protocols and things. And, and they, were, they were being very abusive to the employees. You know, they were yelling and actually spitting at them. And the, the owner, to his credit, he said, you know, this is, this is too much. We're just going to shut down and just stay shut down for a while, regroup, let, let things, you know, let this craziness uh, end. So unfortunately, we're seeing some, some very, very um, adverse reactions to what's going on. So we've got, a, we've got kind of a rough, you know, six months at least, um, at, at the earliest probably, before there's any going to be any real improvement in either the, the coronavirus situation itself. Um, or the economy. And unfortunately, in this interim period, things are going to probably get even worse with the economy, and they're already very, very bad. So, um, so kind of segueing from that, so I think the way to summarize that is, you know, there's just so many unknowns in terms of the economic damage and the further damage that's going to happen, most likely, and the actual virus situation itself, um, how much longer that's going to last and how much worse that gets. So on top of that, though, we have a, um, a very overvalued market, stock market. We've been talking about that for the last several weeks. Um, there's a lot of reasons for it. A big part of it is the stocks, several of the stocks like Apple Computer and Amazon that are doing really, really well also have to make a big part of the market when we define the market as being the standard Forty Five Hundred. So that's kind of understandable. That's not the only reason the market's overvalued. Um, there's a lot of in my opinion, a lot of false hope in the market being um, overvalued where when you see it, when you kind of read what, you know, why the market went up on a particular day and so forth, and you always have to kind of take, take this analysis with a little grain of salt, but you know, you'll, you'll read what the reporters, their interpretation of what's happening. They'll say, well, the traders you know, took this piece of news as, as good news. Well, that's probably largely true and so forth. So th there seems to be a lot of, <clears throat> A lot of, um, uh, you know, investors, institutions, individual investors, traders, whoever, you know, whoever's out there that makes up the market, uh, everyone's kind of looking for something to, to grab hold of, to, you know, some piece of good news. So you get a little bit of good news and they, you know, they drive the market up. And then the next day or several days later, people start realizing just how bad the situation is, and I believe the situation is pretty, pretty bad, but of course, that's what makes markets, right? It's, some people think it's not that bad, other people's pretty bad, and, and uh, that's, that's what drives markets. But having said all that, oh, by the way, so the market valuation is, uh, as of last Friday, um, the Dow was at 21.74 on a PDE ratio, historical PDE ratio basis. Uh, the S&P was at 22.44, so Dow 21.74, S&P 22.44. Again, that's not an undervalued market. That's about what it's been, by the way, for the last two or three weeks. Um, so it's, that's been kind of consistent, but it's but it's it's been a consistent overvalued market, um, and and that's problematic because if the actual world events, that is the economy improving and the coronavirus improving, if those don't happen pretty soon to meet the expectations of an overvalued market 
um, to the extent the market is overvaluing, it's not just those handful of stocks that are, you know, doing really well, really well in the index. There is some overvaluation clearly. And so to the extent that the real world events don't live up to those expectations, um, then, you know, we, we could have some, we could have another uh, fall off in the market. That's happened before many, many times over history. Um, the only thing we can really comment fairly definitively on is that the market is overvalued because we know that historically these kind of ratios don't, uh, don't hold up at least over long periods of time. So uh, the final point is, you know, how do, how do we invest? And uh, what I've been saying for the last several weeks, I'm not changing uh, this position at all. If, you know, just if you have an investment program, uh, just keep, keep with it, you know, put a little, little bits in, don't get crazy and, and dump a whole bunch in the market because this is not a cheap market in any way, shape or form. Uh, if you haven't started an investment program, um, you know, what, one kind of line of thinking, and I think this is probably true from what I've seen over the years, is um, even if the market's overvalued right now, just start a little investment program. Again, it's not cheap, so don't dump everything in. But over the long term, especially for a young per a person, you know, young people like you, most of you folks are, um, <clears throat> you know, start an investment program. That's because even if the market's overvalued a little bit now, it should drop later. And if you keep a regular investment program going by dollar cost averaging, you'll be getting cheaper prices than anyway. Um, over the long haul, you know, 20 years out from now, um, the, you know, this market will look like it was um, relative to what it would be 20 years from now. It looked like it was a, a pretty good time to buy into it. So the point is, is that just, you know, keep an investment program going if you have one. Uh, if you don't start one, but, but don't get crazy. This is not a cheap market to dump a whole lot into. Just, just go slow and steady. So with that, uh, we're going to wrap up the, uh, the recording for tonight, and we will see you next week.